0: Good morning, it's November friggin' (laughs) It's December 10th, you friggin' butt licks I'm in a pretty decent mood Got a decent night's night's worth of sleep Starting a friggin' another week Sun is shining Bunch of turds in front of me here Being reasonably cautious as the sun shines right through our windshields on this beautiful trek south on Allentown Road and route to Healthy Balance Chiropractic, where we will kick anuses and take nomenclature. Driving in front of me is a Jeep. You know, I used to be a Jeep Wrangler guy, I still am. I traded it in, got a decent trade in value. I'm talking 10 grand that I put towards my Ram, so that was nice and needed because Rams are like $30,000 vehicles used, so um, I made it a $20,000 vehicle, and counting down, paying down that shit, that debt, but I'm looking at that Jeep, and I love Jeeps, they're nice, they're, they're cozy, there's something about them, there will always be something about them that screams ruggedness, and stripped down which I'm that's it's me man I'm a utilitarian but the jeeps have strayed i think by necessity from that whole utilitarian deal because if they're going to sell a stripped down vehicle a wrangler let's say they can only sell those for so much and a hard top soft top roll down windows is what they typically have well now they're going to start adding options i'd like them with power windows, and power locks, and heated seats, and T-tops, and all kinds of crazy shit. But my Wrangler that I sold, I guess a year or more ago, it was the freaking real deal. It was a 2005 Wrangler Sport. I put some nice uh, 33-inch tires on it. I had my spare I'd be looking at right now if I was this Jeep in front of me, but this Jeep in front of me's kind of like a ham and egger version, you know, a civilianized version of it. It's low to the ground, got some kind of weak-ass tires on it, got these cages on the tail lights, which, okay, whatever you're into. And it's got a tiny little donut spare, not a donut, but a very weak tread, tiny, uh, <clears throat> tiny tire that I don't know Just doesn't speak all terrain rugged so I read that there's a, a new Jeep prototype coming out in production in 2020 I think there's going to be tells something called the dominator or something like that basically it's a truck I used to have something called the uh, rendition of the Wranglers called the Jeepster and it had an extended bed on the back. So you didn't have that little tiny ass back seat. Now it was like double that length. And they are pretty neat. My buddy had one that he had up on 44 inch Super Swampers growing up in the Pine Barrens. And while he had it, it was a pretty neat vehicle. Remember one time we happened upon, it was like a flash summer storm and friggin flooded the coastal communities, just standing water and stuff, the usual streets, low-lying areas would get uh, pummeled, so there was this circle, New Jersey's famous for its roundabouts or its circles, jug handles, what have you, and we go around it in his jeep, and everybody else, there's a car, like, right in the middle of the circle, where it banked downward, and it was, like, almost underwater, certainly had stalled out. So we got out of the Jeep, pushed it, helped push him out, and we were off to the races. It wasn't even above our hubs. So, uh, you know, it's always tempting, but I'm sure that this uh, new Jeep truck is going to be like a $40,000 vehicle or something like that, something ridiculous like that, which I think is predictable, but completely contrary to what a Jeep is supposed to be which is stripped down, friggin' bare bones, utilitarian, affordable, dependable, all that shit. Once you start adding all the gadgetry, well then, you don't have that effect anymore. Now you've got an expensive, kind of a sporty SUV that you're buying just for the name. You could buy something, maybe half the price, that was relatively comparable. I don't know, get a Hyundai or something. You laugh, but that vehicle's come a long way. One just passed me now. Hyundai, whatever their their standard SUV is, $100,000, 100,000 mile powertrain warranty, all that crazy stuff. Very affordable, so you don't have uh, a Jeep on it. Maybe you can trick out your Hyundai Sonata or whatever the fuck it is. Um, All right, enough with that, but I did want to mention it. And I'm in the middle of an intersection here while the school bus, there we go. Um, so I have an interesting conversation to engage you in this morning. <clears throat> I had a friend contact me yesterday and she said, did you, uh, you know, did you share that video to Facebook specifically for me, I felt like you were talking to me. It was a video about um, basically being yourself and being being happy with who you are and not looking for any sort of validation from your spouse or about your car or feeling constrained, which we all do to some degree, to have this car, this job, this haircut, live in this neighborhood and otherwise operate this particular way in order to succeed in life. These standards, these rites of passage, these criteria that people use, you know, whatever, starting a family, settling down, got the job, got a company car, settling down, going on a vacation. It's like all these things that we do now, that the world is such a complex place Keeping up with the Joneses sort of syndrome. So, my friend has had some struggles recently in relationships. She's a great person and she feels like she's always taking care of everybody else. You know, she's always the giver and in terms of the emotional needs and support that people need. And she never really takes care of herself. And I think that most of us feel that way at times, right? If not, maybe you're just a, you lack empathy and you're an asshole but you care. Most of us care and want to help and want to be, want to love and, and, and want to be loved in return. But to some degree, we're not always capable of doing that because we're so busy taking care of other people that we don't take care of ourselves. This is an imbalance that I think is widespread out there. And it's frustrating. So, question was, "Are you? Did you say that? Do you uh, share that post specifically for me?" And I said, "You know, no, I did not. Uh, what's happening is that the echo chamber that is social media that we're always complaining about and hearing people uh, talk shit about how social media is the enemy, and I'm getting off of Facebook and I, um, whatever the deal is, it's obviously a rapidly advancing, ever evolving community." and it's in us. It's grown like tentacles, like roots into our society. This is how we, um, we communicate now. I mean, I almost get more Facebook or as many Facebook messages about appointments in the office or business to be taken care of as I do people calling my office. So that's kind of an interesting thing, don't you think? it's here. You can't really ignore it. You know, my mother-in-law just got on Facebook and that's saying something this is after a long period of not doing anything uh, and not wanting to mess with it. So it's just, it's, it's a pretty cool method to communicate and you can be connected with people that, you know, you don't want to see them every day. They're not coming to Thanksgiving dinner. But they're people that you you may have grown up with or worked with in the past, and they're nice folks, and it sure would be nice to still have them in your life. Otherwise, you might wonder about them. How are you and a periodic phone call back in the day? Well, now, you can just, from the comfort of your own home, take in as much or as little of their life that you would like to, as much as they would like to share. And different people, obviously, are more active than others. But my point is this. Facebook and social media in general, they work on these algorithms. You basically, it's kind of like the law of attraction. That that whole book that people have cast a lot of bullshit, uh, cast a lot of doubts upon, which was a hot commodity for the longest time, The Secret, The Law of Attraction. uh, What you put out into the universe, you get back. I think everybody knows that this, and believes that this is, uh, this is something to this. Oh, it's karma. I'm gonna do a good thing, do a good turn because I, then I know that I, it, it's good for me. You know, it's gonna come back to me because I was I was nice to this person. I did this good deed, right? Or uh, some superstition. Don't open umbrella inside. All that stuff. So, the uh, the notion that you give and you get is well ingrained in our society. Now, the secret goes a little bit further with it. Gets a little bit wacky. Gets some uh, metaphysics involved in it out there. And um, obviously, you're not going to be. It, it, people are going to look at and look at the law of attraction and say, all right, well, I'm going to use this to manipulate and so on and so forth. Kind of like neuro linguistic programming. All right. This is how body language works. This is how you talk to people. Um, some basically hard, fast, simple rules of the road based upon science. And if you, for instance, are talking to somebody and you shake their hand in a certain way or you touch them just subtly while you're having a conversation, or you stand a certain way, you are, or you repeat some of the things that they've said, it's reaffirming to them. It makes them feel good. makes them want to be around you. We're all doing this subconsciously, without even thinking, all day long. The law of attraction. We want people to like us. Right? Most of us. And it feels good. So, what's cool about social media is that It is, it can be like the whole law of attraction thing, gone technical. In other words, there are these algorithms that if you search a pair of Brooks running shoes, you're gonna receive ads one after the other, probably too many ads about running shoes, competing brands, this particular product line that you were looking at, so that they can sell that shoe to you and ultimately make the the purchase, right? So we've seen it in terms of marketing, what it does. And marketing really is everything. I used to kind of shy away from marketing. Uh, I would say, like, everybody's selling something, uh, which is absolutely true. So never frown on somebody if if they're doing some door-to-door vacuum cleaner sales or whatever. Because more than likely, in your job, you have to rely upon selling <coughs> product and making widgets and some on so on and so forth. And usually the people that talk about selling or salespeople as the devil, um, they might be working in one of these industries where they don't have the task of trying to constantly move their product. They just produce it and somebody else sells it. So selling is everything. And we don't sell products, we sell people. We sell ourselves, right? When it comes to the most important things in our lives... The products that we consume, we are sold by virtue of the, the uh, salesperson online. They're going to be attractive. They're going to be smiley. They're going to make you feel good. They're going to have the same or they're going to have the same problem as you that can be solved by buying this product and it works for me. So that sort of thing, right? So sales, marketing. But in terms of social media, what happens with me and what I explained to my friend and what I pondered was basically the law of attraction inserted into the web? Is that what ha- what happens? Is I'll I'll see an inspirational post or another one of my interests. I'll see something about nature, or I'll see that I have a, um, like this geology page and they have these beautiful crystals of different types and. Uh, where they're found, and I'm just like, man, this is, I think it's so interesting that there would be an amethyst crystal and some malachite and all this stuff that I just really don't know the first thing about, other than them being minerals and being, having mined, been mined from the earth, just that there's these items of beauty out there that are naturally occurring and look at them kind of emerging from some, some other rock, some inorganic substance, right? I think that that's cool, so I will like it, and I'll share it online, and I get more of that, and if I see a quote by, you know, some somebody at a valedictorian speech, graduation speech for a higher education, you know, college, university, let's say Jim Carrey did a good one, and he talks a lot of sense, he talks, he's a lot of wisdom, he, he spouts, and it's very inspiring and I just love that speech. So I will like it. It'll inspire me and I'll like it because of that. And then I'll share it. Other people will see it. They'll like it, share it. And then the, basically the algorithm says, all right, he wants more of this. Well, if you like that, maybe he'll like this as well. And this is what's happening in our lives all day long on social media. People that complain about, oh, so much junk, really, you got to think about what you're putting out there, right? I actually really enjoy social media because I have maximized, liked, and shared all the things that interest me. Positive stuff, nature, science, things that make you think, make you laugh, something funny, something interactive. Every once in a while, like yesterday, uh, there was a post where okay, you're gonna, your first, the letter of your first name, I want you to write a body part. And so, my first name is Aaron, I put anus. And Everybody knows that that's a cool anatomical term for your butthole that I just think is funny, and I'll use it in common speech, and people who are unaffiliated with anatomy and science, they don't always understand. I'm like, what are you, an anus? And sometimes it takes them off guard. Because it's like... Did he just call me an asshole? Oh, he's just being funny. Like... Yeah, butt. He's calling me a butthead. So... It's different. It makes you think. Um, That was cool. It's interactive. A bunch of people from... Very far-ranging, disparate... Parts of my life. A melting pot of people see that post. And they interact with it. Well, and then... We're all kind of like a community and laughing and having a little bit of fun with it. No harm done. Our one buddy's, you know, his name is Charles, he might say cock. Or my other friend, his name is Spencer, he says sphincter. And I like people that, of course, use potty talk. But even the other folk who are like Bible bangers or, you know, more straight-laced ham and egger types, love and respect to them. Because uh, they'll say something like, Oh, my name is Allison, and I'm going to say arm. So there's this whole interact, interaction that was intended, I think, in social media. We're supposed to interact and be communicative. And it captures that. Then maybe you, you listen to a video or watch a video about somebody who is a barber. Who Everybody's seen these posts. The video of the barber who's like barber to the stars. Stylist to the stars. And what he or she likes to do is volunteer their time going to cut homeless people's hair. And you look at the transformation these people who look all shoddy and overgrown and nasty, nappy. And then you cut their hair and you see that they're a human being under there and there's a certain... They've got dignity again. And that... We need to be careful when we judge people. We've all seen this. If it doesn't pull on your heartstrings, then I don't know what would. So what I do on social media is I turn on the positive. I turn on the inquisitiveness. I turn on the social. And to a degree, that's one of the more elusive components of it because it's very easy to get into a like and share mode, but con- uh, Commenting. And to get people to engage is is a different thing. But I turn on positive and any negative stuff, politics, religion, um, controversy. I don't want to spend any of my spare time arguing with somebody about the politics of our nation. I think that there's plenty of evidence that it doesn't. you don't really reach the other side anyway. and You don't never really you just speak your peace or your controversy and end up calling somebody names or something. And it's this whole divide and conquer thing. So I don't even know why I talk about it. But I do know a lot of people that I, actually folks that I love and I respect, that they, you'll see them on there arguing about the big questions of life. Arguing about politics, arguing about gun control. Um, they're trying to use this platform to, you know, I guess to prove their point or bolster their philosophies over others. And people resent that. It doesn't work. I don't know how we're going to scratch that itch. But you have to have a community where people are going in saying, okay, there's going to be different ideas and they're, they're going to be different than mine and perhaps I can grow as a result of listening to other people, not arguing about it. But on Saturday, I, I took a little bit of time and I was reading this post and it was uh, by a comedian who's actually gotten quite philosophical and he's got a lot to say about religion and he said, well, you know... And it spoke to me, you know, because I, I ascribed to his what he said. He said... You know, isn't it convenient that you were born in the West and that you're a Christian, which you say is the ultimate religion? But if you were born in a different time, you might be a Muslim, or you're born in a different ge- uh, geographic place, you might be uh, Hindu. So, based upon where we're born, the community that we're by chance we are born into, that's going to dictate ultimately what we believe and how we operate and how we regard other people. And everybody thinks from all these disparate parts of the, of the world that were, that started as one in a supercontinent called Pangaea, right? And then the continents drifted apart. We're basically part of the same globe, yet there's people who believe that if you don't believe like I do, well, you're going to go to hell. You don't have it right. And so, anyway, this is the guy's point. I agree, and I looked at some of the comments, and there was this one woman who said, "Oh well, you know, well, you know, you guys." She sounded like she sounded pretty stupid, and she's uh, saying, "Well, you guys haven't aren't privy to the miracles, and watch the YouTube uh, video about Joan Smith, who was uh, a miracle I prayed for, her, and my daughter. She was she wasn't getting any uh, invitations to." joined these Ivy League schools, and then I prayed for her, and she got in not one but five and got the greatest deal ever, after all, just because I prayed. And it was kind of like very selfish, you know. The people were just tearing her up on there, and it was actually quite funny because they were saying, like, uh, there's actually an image where it says, There's an NFL player in the end zone having made a touchdown and is praying, uh, you know, pointing up to God, thank God for this touchdown. And the next one, it was, uh, um let's say thank God for this touchdown, thank God for this uh um three point shot. Um thank God thank God for this um money and then they show this poor emaciated kid somewhere in Africa or wherever. Um who isn't uh, just struck with famine and he's, you know, he's praying and people are praying for him, uh, just as hard, but maybe he's got the wrong religion or something like that. It was really an incredible and, uh, unfortunate, disgusting meme, but it, it told a story. And anyway, the, um, I'm looking at some of these comments and responses and I'm just saying, holy shit, this is like human beings at their worst. It was actually quite funny. Um, and I'm a dope because I was taking in what I thought was humorous when they were cutting this poor woman up, but people believe different things. I don't know how you, you, you not judge based upon your experiences. I think we all do that. And when it winds up online and people just, uh, that would not say would be more, maybe middle of the road had they, um, been talking in person, now they've, it's kind of like a dog pile on the rabbit scenario, so that's not good. And we should avoid it, consequently. Avoid any sort of controversy, avoid any sort of um, virulence or negative shit online, and the echo chamber will also avoid that. You're going to see that stuff few and far between. No CNN, no Fox News, no Donald Trump tweets, none of that stuff. Turn it off hide it. People who are fucking, you know, not serving you, even if they're nice people that you love otherwise, if you don't like seeing, if, if you don't like the way it makes you feel when you see their posts, which are often negative or annoying, then hide them. You have to do it kind of before, uh, you, cause you, cause otherwise all this information is coming at you and it's not the type that essentially, uh, serves you. So I shut that off. My wife she she keeps everybody. She's like, "Did you see what Joe Blow said? Listen, I haven't been I haven't been connected with Joe Blow actively on Facebook for years, 5 years. Nothing. I don't like like or love Joe Blow. But I don't want to be freaking exposed to that shit. It affects us. And so back to the ultimate point of this. That it's that echo chamber. Watch what you yell. Watch what you the messages that you send and receive and make sure you turn on all the good and select out all the shit and your life can be like a semi utopia where all the things that you're interested in are going to come at you and you can share that with other people and they'll see it and it can it can exponentially increase and so the laws of attraction and positivity are at our fingertips and instead of uh, using them to our benefit, we often talk shit and um, doubt the capabilities of of these tools. Police up your social media and you'll be happier. Have a wonderful day.